death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope how great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain i could not Desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into life. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is
Can anybody else testify to that this morning, that death has lost its grip on you, that he has won the victory? Is anybody else here dead in their trespasses and sin, and he called your name, and you came running out of that grave? Amen. Praise God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for loving us, God, for calling us out of that grave, that death has lost its grip on us. I say it often. I'm going to say it again. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. There is no better place. There is nowhere I would rather be than in the house of the Lord, in the company of those of like precious faith. That is no small thing, believer. We, we are in the presence of the Lord, the one that called your name and brought you out of that grave, the one that has won the victory, the reason that death has no grip on you. We are in his presence. Do you believe it? In his presence. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Now, uh, and I said, I'd rather be here than anywhere else. And I've sprung something on the worship team. So we all have grace, right? Uh, you know, I, they might not let me do transition anymore after this, but um, I, I just, better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. Does anybody, does, it, does that bear witness to anybody else's spirit? Just real quick, just the chorus, and we're going to transition in prayer, if y'all want to. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts. Father God, we thank you for this time together this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to assemble the freedoms that we have to worship you, Father. We do not take it lightly that we are here and you are in our presence, God. We love you and exalt you and pray that you are magnified in this service, Lord. All honor and glory to you, Father. Good morning, guys. My name is Kelly Wood, and I'm just going to take a quick minute to greet you guys while our worship team makes their way up the stage this morning. Um, like I said, my name is Kelly Wood, and on behalf of my husband, John, and the rest of our staff here, we want to say good morning and welcome to you guys, um, especially if you're a first-time visitor with us today. If you're a first-time visitor, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, and we're not going to embarrass you, but I hope that you managed to... Um, see our greeting team as you came in the door because I know they have been praying for you all week and planning for your visit. So if we happen to miss you, if you'll just do me a huge favor, if you'll stop by that greeting table out in the lobby on your way out of the church, we just want to put a gift in your hand and let you know how glad we are that you're here. And if we can serve you or visit you or let you know what we've got available for you and your beautiful family, we are just so glad that you're here with us and we just want to get to know you a little bit. 
So um, that being said, before we do anything else, we have something really special this morning. I'd like um, to welcome the Effergy family up to the stage, please, so we can... We've got a special visitor that we'd like to introduce to the church. Anyone in the family, if they want to join you guys. Let it play through. You just rejoice. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? Isaac, I'm going to let you introduce your pastor friend this morning, and he can come and, uh, or do you want to do your recital first? Yeah, that will. That That'll be, be great. And introduce well, you and your wife. Yes. We have been on this journey for some while, and uh, my pastor knows that too. But throughout the process, we held on to the word of God from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 48, B and 49. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call us blessed. For he that is mighty has done great things for us. And his name is the Lord. Amen. 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 Yeah, I will... Call Professor Dibier. He's going to pray in my language in Isoko. Then we hand over to 
Would y'all welcome Pastor as he comes this morning? Professor, okay. We'll be in prayer for that pastor. He said his pastor friend had an accident this week. So we'll be in prayer for him, Isaac. Thank you, sir, for being here with us today. Isaac, would you introduce your wife and precious boy this morning? Okay. Uh, let me go first with my wife. This is my darling wife. His, her name is Ewo Mazino, but we generally call her Zino because I know Ewo Mazino is a long word, but um, Ewo Mazino means good has come. So Zeno means has come. Amen? Amen. And my precious son, his name is Asaph Isaac from the book of Chronicles. And um, his middle name is Enagale from the book of Luke chapter 1 verse um, 48b. Enagale means the blessed one. So those are the names. And my very name is Isaac Eferire. Amen. <laughs> Kelly, I'll let you hold it. I, t I told him when this precious baby was on its way, and first of all, it's been a long journey. And believing God, you know, being open to Lord if it was adoption or, or what. But God said, no, I'm, I'm going to give you one from, from yourself. And... I, I always had the trump card with people. They would tell me about their family. And I said, I brought twin girls home from the hospital when I was 50. And they'd say, well, you win. Well, he brought home one from the hospital when he was 71. So he wins. He wins. But I want you both to know, many of you don't see them often, but they're always serving somewhere in this building. I fully celebrate with you today. And I thank God for this precious life. And we, Lord, we lift this precious baby up to you. And we thank you for the gift that you give Zeno and Isaac. And we do rise up. And in their hearing, you are blessed. Blessed from above. Blessed eternally. And blessed by the very hand of God. And Lord, we thank you for this life. And we dedicate it to you. How could we not give back that which you gave us so freely? Lord, I, our church just entered into their joy this morning, and it's just a reminder, another commercial in the walls of this house, that our God can do anything at any time with little or no variables. He's the God of all, and we celebrate them and this precious life today, God, and we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Now, Isaac, there's a reception after. Is that for just family and friends? or We encourage you just to, just to drop by. Look at this precious baby, and I'm going to do this for him. Don't be getting all up on the baby, touching, kissing, because there's stuff people got. So just go, oh, that's precious. So they don't have to be the bad guy, but will you stop by and just encourage them this morning? Would you do that? Amen. Kelly, amen. 
we've got something for you that you can put in your um, baby book. And we just celebrate y'all this morning. Would y'all give them one more hand this morning? And come take pictures. Hey, John. Oh. I'm looking around at all my peers this morning in your 50s and close to 60. You got one more in you. You got one more. We can do one more. Anybody else want to get in on this miracle? Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We bless you this yes. morning. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Can y'all bless the Lord one more time yes. this morning, would you? Praise the Lord, and that is what I love so much about baby dedications, is that really everything is just glorifying the Lord for the incredible gift that he's given us. Um, just really quickly, guys, will you go ahead and play the announcement video? And then we'll Good morning, Christ Chapel. We are so glad you joined us this morning. We have a few announcements for you. Coming up first, how many golfers do we have in the room? Or maybe you say, hey, I don't play golf. But we have our BGMC golf tournament coming up and we want you to get involved. You can play in the tournament or you can be a whole sponsor. So get more information from the table upstairs and get involved and be a part today. Resurrection Sunday is coming up in just a few weeks. We want you to already start inviting someone who you can bring with you to church that Sunday. In addition, we have a huge kid candy drop that day for our kids. So make sure the next time you're at the store, pick up some candy and drop it off here at the church and help us bless these kids on Resurrection Sunday. Every year, we have an incredible opportunity where we get to raise money to send our kids and our students to camp and on missions trips. And we have our annual cake auction coming up on Sunday, May 15th. Go ahead, mark your calendars now, and be watching for more information. As always, we want you to stay connected, and the best way to do that is through our CC app. In addition, check us out online at ChristChapelMacon.com or on Facebook and Instagram at ChristChapelMacon. Have an awesome day today. Out this part of the service by um, the giving of our tithes and offerings. So while the music's playing, just take a moment to worship with your family and honor the Lord before you bring your gifts. And then Pastor John will pray.
How many remember that from many, many years ago? Is it true today still? Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And it's with great joy that I get to preach to you this morning from the eternal, unchanging, faithful compass of the Word of God. Would you stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word, Hebrews 12, reading out of the Amplified Version. Hebrews 12, 25. See to it that you do not reject Him, this is Christ the Lord, or refuse to listen to Him and heed Him who is speaking to you now. For if they, the Israelites, did not escape when they refused to listen and heed Him who warned and divinely instructed them here on the earth, revealing with heavenly warnings His will, how much less shall we escape if we reject and turn our backs on Him who cautions and admonishes us from heaven? Then, at the giving of the law at Mount Sinai, God's voice shook the earth. But now He's given a promise. Yet once more, I will shake and make tremble not only the earth, but the heavens above. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the final removal and transformation of all that can be shaken. That is, of everything that's been created. In order, in order that that which cannot be shaken may remain and continue. Let us, the people of God, therefore, since we are receiving, not just received, are receiving and shall receive, a kingdom that is firm and stable and cannot be shaken, let us offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with modesty, pious care, godly fear and awe, for our God is indeed a consuming fire. Before you're seated, let me talk to you for just a moment this morning. As a pastor, people are, I'm, I'm hearing common themes not just to me personally, but on media and uh, social media. They say, what is going on? It, it seems like the world is spiraling out of control. Darkness seems to be flooding in, and all those things are true. But there is a final shaking coming, the Bible says. The final shaking. Jesus says, yet once more, not only am I going to shake like I did Mount Sinai, but the world, the whole world, and the heavens above. God himself, it's going to be the breaking down of every institution and the establishing of the reign, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. But there are birth pains to that final shaking. And your pastor is firmly confident that we are in that now. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Now think of this. Everything. Underneath you and above you. But it's not for destructive purposes alone. It's so that that which cannot be shaken would be brought front and center for the glory of Jesus Christ. Father, I just thank you this morning and I humble myself before you. I'm an unprofitable servant at best. You know me better than I know myself. But I just present you as I am, your son, and I ask that you would anoint me with the Holy Spirit this morning. Let me speak, Lord, uh, with a clarity and an unction and a power that would pierce men's souls 
It would cut through all the static and the, and the, the, the distraction and let, them, let us be sobered and ready, not fearful, but understanding that these things must come to pass. For the kingdom to come, the kingdoms of this world must fall. And I just pray, O oh Lord, that you would let us be a people that when all the world is trembling for fear the thing, for the things that will come upon them, we will be looking towards heaven, jumping up and down like children, knowing the things that are ahead. Blessed be your great name this morning, God. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated this morning. You cannot expedite fruitfulness. You can hinder fruitfulness. But you cannot expedite nor hinder this shaking that's coming upon the earth. And that is now begun. This final shaking will cover the face of the earth. Now think of this. Every nation, every people, every land, every government every institution, every tribe, and every individual, believer and unbeliever alike, will experience this because God said in Hebrews, yet once more, I'm not just going to shake a mountain in the earth. I'm going to shake the earth and the heavens above. This shaking will be done by God himself. Now I want you to think of this. The same God that created the earth, how does he shake it? Does he shake it with his hands? Does he shake it by decree? Does he shake it by a, a, a pulse of glory that emanates from his purity? I don't know, but it will be his and his alone. He, he determines when it starts. He determines how it progresses. He determines the, the tenacity of it, the duration of it. But it's God himself that does it. For the world... They see the hands of an angry God about to shake all the fruit off of all the trees in this earth. But we see these hands with holes in them. We understand that the, any shaking that goes on in our life is not for our destruction but for His glory. The world sees it as wrath and anger. We see it as, oh, you're preparing. We see pruning differently than the world. We see purification differently than the world. We see chastisement. The world looks at us and we're, you know, God believes in hands-on punishment. My parents were firm believers in that. My daddy had a deliverance ministry. He'd take me in the back room and I'd come back out to all those that are concerned I'm healed. Everything's good, I'm well. God chastises, which means purges disciplines, whips those that are his. It's the evidence that, evidence that they are not bastard, that they are not illegitimate. He chastens those that he loves. So the world sees the shaking. While the shaking's going on, the world curses and the believer humbles himself and says, ain't nothing I can do to stop it. Y'all remember pleading? See, this just generation just tilts their head at me. They don't know what I'm talking about. Do you remember pleading for your life when you knew that you, it was time for some quiet time with daddy and mama in the room? They say, what are you talking about? Well, your parents know. Ask them when you get home. I remember mama one time, I was, she was on the piano organ, and I was 
reaching up there, and she'd say, don't do it. Don't, I'm sitting up there with it. Don't do it. And I'd, mm, don't do it. Mm, and I'd hit the organ. And so when it was over, uh, uh, Daddy went to take me out, just took me off the coming down the aisle, and I'm backpedaling. He's pulling me out the aisle. So right before he preaches, he's going to whip me. It's kind of like get himself ready, you know. And so here's this little boy, and he's dragging me down the aisle of this little small eight-row church, you know, and I said, <laughs> I'm like, pray, people, pray. <laughs> For the love of God, pray. I may not make it out of this. The concept of God shaking you are purging you, are chastising you. The world curses, but the believer understands that I wouldn't be shaken if it wasn't necessary and if it wasn't good and if it wasn't right. God is too wise to make a mistake and too good to be unkind. As for the Lord, His way is perfect. This shaking that's begun, and by the way, it begins with us, and I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. This shaking will be violent. You need to write this down because when it comes, you'll say, Pastor John told us about this. The shaking of the church, the believer, and the world will be violent. It will be strategic. He knows right where to grab the tree. It will be increasing. And there will be no exceptions, no exclusions. No local church will ex exempt themselves from this. No individual. He said, every, Brother Wood, where, where do you get that from? Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Everything will be shaken. And there will be no exceptions and no exclusions. It will be recognized after a while by the world as supernatural but not divine. See, they call earthquakes and tsunamis and all those acts of, God's because, because, acts of God because they're destructive. And they are acts of God. Nature is the creation of God. In one sense, they're acts of His. But we understand that it's not just supernatural, but it's divine. Don't be surprised that everything that you build in your kingdom starts to shake in this last hour and fall to the ground. This is not your home. That's why he tells you, don't waste your time setting your affections on things here and building a kingdom here. Cast your treasures on ahead. Lay up for yourselves treasures there where thief nor moth nor rust can get to it because everything that's built here that originates with man for man's glory or man's pleasure, those things are going to pass away. The world will say supernatural, but the church will say divine. This shaking will result in great loss. I want you to hear me, especially my Pentecostal charismatic friends and brothers that watch a lot of Christian television. Well, all the lights were still on in Goshen when darkness covered the earth. Yes, but that's not what this is talking about. You will experience temporal loss. I don't care if they tell you what you gave has shook-proof you, and now that you're in this level, in this dimension, God's not going to do this. You are going to experience temporal loss and receive eternal riches. 
great loss. This shaking will produce confusion, fear, rebellion, and even the turning, of, turning away of carnal Christians because they'll say, well, if God is behind this, I don't want any part of God. That faith that's built upon you do like I want you to do when I want you to do and I'll serve you with my whole heart. But don't you touch my health. Don't you touch my possessions. Don't you touch my wife or my babies, my job. You better not mess with those things or I'll walk away and God will let you walk. He will shake your life to see what your foundation is. To see if there's a humility of heart or an arrogant heart. You want to see arrogance. You look at what happened after uh, 9-11 and they put the towers back and misquoted the Old Testament. Talking about we will rebuild. We will be better. We will, instead of humbling ourselves before the Lord God. There's an arrogance that says no matter what you take from me I'll build it back up. When the Christian says... The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I just want you to know, Lord, as for my heart, blessed be the name of the Lord. We'll dance when you give us children. And we'll trust when they go away. No conditions. This shaking will not stop until it is thoroughly and a perfect, perfect, perfectly accomplished God's every purpose. Number two. This final shaking will shake the earth strategically. It will come as birth pains and then the finale. This strategic shaking by God will expose that which originates, emphasizes, elevates, or magnifies man. You do understand that when Christ comes back at the battle of Armageddon and destroys his enemies with the words of his mouth that blood will run bridle high on a horse for 200 miles. He will tread the winepress of his wrath. The blood will splash up from the battlefield on his garments. Before that day, there is a preparation before the, before the crushing of man and the heathen raging against the Lord, there will be a shaking that starts to topple every idol. It starts to bring down and remove the glorying of man. Anything that originates with man, that emphasizes man, that elevates man or magnifies man. Uh, magnifies man. This shaking will disassemble everything that opposes, contradicts, and usurps the name, will, and word of God. He will shake the earth on many multifaceted and at the same time interconnected fronts. This shaking will display God's control, toppling every idol, exposing every false god, listen, and man posing as God. To disrobe every self and man-appointed religious figure and stop all spiritual posturing. There is a day coming very soon, you see it in little tremors now, where people in ministry are, are, are falling, and, and that, that's the shaking that's happening. But it's coming very soon where all of this religious garb in the name of Christ and for the person of Christ, special people, special vicars, 
special titles and archbishops and cardinals and, and special seats and special robes. God is going to disrobe all of that. Because no flesh is going to glory in the presence of Jesus Christ. None. And when this shaking starts, can you imagine some man in Rome with his uh, long purple robe and his, his pagan hat and his scepter? Can you imagine him trying to straighten his hat at the presence of the glory of the Lord? They're going to take those things off and there's going to be a fear and an awe and a reverence. And they're going to see, the world's going to see before the final shaking, before Christ takes over in power, they're going to see the powerlessness of man. Powerless. And it's in that weakness that the believer finds great strength. I don't have to have no power. I don't have, listen, I've got people and ministers that I receive from. I'm grateful for their calling and I honor their office. But it's, the steam is not for them. They clay, just like me. Be careful. Be careful of Christian celebrities. I, I can't take, I can't allow myself to, to receive any awe or any, not that you would have it, but you can't, any, uh, you're different than, you're better than, Oh, it's, it's John. Something's wrong with that. Okay, so Christ the bridegroom goes away. And he says, look after my bride, John. Teach, instruct, admonish, encourage, correct. Keep, keep, keep the word before him, prepare. It would be like if I went out of town and I asked uh, Jeremiah to take care of Kelly. And, and will you check on her? You and Kristen, will you check? And he said, yeah, I'll do that. But then I find out that while I'm gone, Jeremiah will hear words like this. And, you know, uh, I just, Kelly would say, I, d I just want to thank you for always taking care of us. Well, no, John asked me to do it. Yeah, but you're special. You're, you're not all men are like you. I want to thank you. If he's my friend, he'll say, don't talk to me like that. You, re you reserve your compliments, your esteem, your reverence for your husband. Now, how can a preacher take the affections, let people walk in and carry his coat and his Bible and his books and be something special, receive the affections of the bride while the bridegroom is gone? You tell me. God's going to shake that. He's going to be jealous over his bride and the church and the affections are going to be fanned. The flame will be fanned again and we have no interest in religious garb or hierarchy or positions. It'll be Christ and Christ alone. This shaking will separate the wheat from the tares from those who profess faith and those who possess faith. You want to know who has the goods, let tough times hit. When God starts to shake everything out of your life and you're trying to hold it together, it'll be hard to hide the true motive. Early in my faith, after I moved out of the situation I was in, 
um, the first year or two after I surrendered my life to Christ, I moved in with an old, older widow in the church. She was in her 90s. I'll just say Miss Helen. And she was a pistol. How many of y'all got anybody old in your life that's a pistol? Okay. Y'all will appreciate this story. She, she was part of the Methodist church her whole life, and then in her late 80s, she got filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, the Lord don't do that no more. Well, tell Miss Helen, because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she began to pray in tongues and worship, and she was free. She'd have her little cane out in the house. I just, I just loved it. And her son, <laughs> I heard him come over to the house one time. He goes, Mama, I just got a, I got, I got a problem with this. You in this Pentecostal church and all this. It's just not like you. You was, you was born a Methodist. She took her cane. She goes, I was born a baby. So I, I stayed with Miss Helen, and I, I had to help her every now and then. She had that weave, that bobbing going on. You know how some of the old oh, oh, just lean all the way. You go, oh, and you'd follow them around. So I went out in the, out in the yard one day, and she's standing on a three-step ladder. She's 90, with her cane knocking magnolia leaves off the tree. She's weaving like this. I'm like, oh, Miss Helen, I'm running behind her. I said, what are you doing? She goes, they're coming down anyway. I'm just helping them. I ain't thought about that in forever. And this morning I got to thinking about it. How freeing would it be if you took out your three-step ladder and looked at temporal things and said, I said, what are you doing? They're coming down anyway. I might as well get ready so when the shaking goes on, I won't be trying to duct tape leaves back to my tree, but my hands will be free to worship Jesus Christ the Lord in that season. Yeah, that's a great place to thank the Lord. This shaking's going to bring separation between the possessors and the professors. Between the faithful and the unfaithful, the righteous and the unrighteous. And mark it down that I'm telling you, it's already happening. It's, I'm watching it in this church and in my friends' churches. People are falling off the reservation. They're turning away from the Christ of their youth. They're walking away. And, and God will see to it. If he doesn't cause it, he will allow it. Shaking to expose the level of allegiance and commitment. And listen, you can... You can all of us make mistakes. Anybody else? All of us do. But you can always center back in and say, as for you, God, you're it for me. No matter what happens, no matter what I feel, I'm sorry that I'm an idiot, but I'm your idiot. This shaking will expose every foundation to what it is or the lack thereof. Some people, are, their foundation is the local church, faulty. It's a system. My mama was a Catholic. My daddy was a Catholic. I got beads. I, I, I kissed the feet of a statue, you know, in a lot of the Orthodox churches. And all this foolishness is going on. I got a picture, and I got an icon, and I've got an idol, and I'm, I'm, I'm kissing and rubbing. And this man's got a special robe and everything. When you, when you put on x-ray glasses, you see all of that is foolishness. There is one foundation one foundation. One. 
Well, you need, I don't need to do anything except go through the way that's been consecrated through the veil. That is to say the flesh of Jesus Christ. And having a high priest over the house of God, I draw near with true assurance of faith. Having my heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and my body washed with pure water. I don't need help. I don't pray to dead saints. I don't rub statues. I don't kiss toes. I have to preach this way because we're dabbling in foolishness. One foundation, my life is built on it. It's centered on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other systems, all other help is sinking sand. And those of us that are anchored in him, you can be so shook that everything beautiful on your tree falls off. Winter comes in. There's no glory. There's no beauty. There's no strength. There's no help. There's no nothing anyone would desire. But there's an inner sweetness that says, God, you and I okay? Oh, you're just fine. My anchor holds within the veil. Number three, this final shaking will shake the heavens above. When he said, I will not only shake the earth, but the heavens as well, that speaks to the spiritual realm. Because see, there's the earth, the heavens, and the heaven. And the heavens above the earth, underneath the heaven of God where he abides, is where evil spirits, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, this shaking in the heavens. Why would God shake the heavens? It's like, uh, I remember when I was a little boy, and by the way, as you get older, you just remember a lot. You can't remember what you ate yesterday, but you can remember way back. I remember finding my first wasp nest, 101 Windsor Drive, 923-3953. And I can't tell you the cat's name at the house. That's what happens to your mind. I remember finding a wasp nest, and I was thinking, what meaneth this? Like, henceforth, there's a wiffle bat. I'm, I'm dead serious. You know, wisdom is born in, any, in many special moments, you know. So I took that wiffle bat and I said, if they're buzzing around with no action, what would happen if I knocked it over the rear, uh, right field wall? I, I just, and see, the longer you live, God will allow you to understand that your wisdom is foolishness. <laughs> we just get to be fools on a bigger scale when we're older. And I, I thought, well, I can hit it that way and <laughs> run that way and be good. So I walked up in that long, yellow, wiffle bat. Not the little, you know, everything's safety now. You got to wear a helmet to use a wiffle bat and all this. No, no, we had wiffle bats. Like, you could knock your friend out with them. You remember that when it didn't bend? It was like a aluminum bat's what it was, covered in plastic. And I, so I said, I'm going I'm to hit this thing. And I reared back, shop. The nest, little thing, you know, it's spongy. It exploded. Wasp, eggs, mama wasp, granny wasp, all of them. And it went that way. I turned this way. And I wish I had the video. Every wasp in that nest bit me. Every one of them. Friend wasp come from other yards. Oh, we're going to get him. I was. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that I shook that nest, and it angered 
the inhabitant. Listen to your pastor and put this on the shelf and pull it off as it's necessary. When God shakes the heavens, these spiritual wickedness, these principalities and powers are going to be awakened and angered. And they're going to be activated to test the church and judge the world. It's, it's coming. God's going to allow it to prove those that know him and, and, and are faithful to him. All the while, God is preparing these spiritual wickedness, these principalities, for their ultimate defeat and banishment by Jesus Christ the Lord. So the final shaking will cover the face of the earth. God will shake them strategically. This shaking is to bring to naught everything that vaunts itself against the name of God, the knowledge of God, the word of God, and the will of God. It's to topple all systems, institutions, uh, religious hierarchy. Uh, it's strategic. God, but Before Jesus comes and puts his foot on the throat of the earth, he's going to shake the systems. Do you follow me? Banking systems, geopolitical systems, national systems, religious systems. He's going to shake everything before he puts his foot on his neck and becomes king of kings and lord of lords experientially. And finally, this shaking will begin with you. And it's already started. You may not recognize it and you could be blaming the devil for something God is doing. Now I'm not telling you that's happening you go home and open your Bible and sit in the presence of the Lord and ask Him, is this you? Is this you? Because see, the, 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 the charismatic, uh, shallow, contemporary Christian teaching is everything that feels good and adds to us is God and everything that takes away and feels bad is, is the devil. But no, God is not trying to fill my tree with things here. He's trying to get my roots down here so he can lavish those things upon me in eternity. That's what he's doing. Let your roots go down deep into him. And if you are not experiencing this shaking, I'm telling you as your pastor, now's the time to pour the water of the word of God on your roots and go down into Christ. You've got to be ready to, you've got to, be ready to lose your possessions not that you will, but ready to. Do you remember the verse where Paul says, I count all things but lost, but for the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them dung that I might win Christ. He said, I counted them loss, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. I counted them loss, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. Our problem is, we experience the loss of things before we count them lost, and then we're offended. But if we get over here and said, okay, Lord, just use me, for example. Look at me. Look at me. The wife I have and my babies and the health I have and the home I have and the cars I have and the options we have with the resources he gave me. Who couldn't dance and thank the Lord? But if those things are removed, what would I have left? Listen. Everything that is eternal. So I have to, as morbid as this sounds to this shallow, lukewarm, anemic generation, I have to count them all loss and enjoy them after that 
so that if and when I ever lose my health or my possessions or my babies or my wife, that I'm not scurrying trying to figure out who I am. I'm telling you, I've watched them lean over in the casket and come apart and turn away from God. And I've watched other ones lean over, kiss that person on the head and say, baby, I'll see you in the morning. What's the difference? What's the difference? Is this second lady decided a long time ago, in good times, I belong to the Lord. In bad times, I belong to the Lord. We've had nothing. I belong to the Lord. I got a good home. I belong to the Lord. If I live long enough, the eyes are going to go dim. The ears are going to go deaf. I'm going to probably lose half my mind. Everything's going to fall apart. I'm going to use all the money that I saved up with my health to try to buy back my health, and then I'm going to die. That's insanity. To spend all of your health to obtain wealth and then use all the wealth you stockpiled to try to buy back your health and die. I ain't never thought of it that way. Yeah, this is the dress rehearsal, baby. This ain't the dance. This is, the dance is when I see him face to face. And we're not getting out of here without loss. And we're not getting out of here without trauma. And we're not getting out of here without sorrow. The victory is found in being ready for the shaking, pulling out your three-stool ladder and saying, they're coming down anyway, I might as well help. Thank you, Miss Helen, for the illustration. He shakes the world because he is angry with it. He shakes us because he loves us. I was on the phone with AT&T again yesterday with my little internet service. and Your call is very important. Stop lying, people. Please. And I love AT&T. It's not a shot on AT&T. It's anybody. Listen, when you've got 100 million customers, I'm sure it's hard. I'm just, you know what it all, the first thing to tell you, have you tried rebooting? Most people don't. I'm like, 11 times already I've rebooted. Reboot. Why reboot? And they'll tell you, even the tech guys, I, said, I don't know, it's just, just rebooting just fixes stuff. Could it be that God, you, you got so much stuff hanging from your branches and so much stuff going on that God wants to get you back to a reboot? To where when you start back up, only the things necessary for your operating system are in action. He shakes the world to humiliate it, but he shakes us to prepare us for glory. If our musician would come, please. I'm not asking you to answer out loud, but I'm going to pose a question to you. This shaking may hurt you physically. What do you do when you believe the Lord is your healer, but you're suffering physically? This shaking may hurt you mentally. A mind that can't get the questions answered. I, I don't figure out why my prayers aren't answered. And I, it's a confusion and there's a battle in the mind. This shaking can shake you relationally, emotionally, financially. And with that shaking, imagine with every leaf that falls, that's loss. It's coming to your life, believer. Don't think that you can be exempt from something that God says is coming on the whole world. And don't think you've done nothing necessarily wrong. This shaking 
is one of God's purest expressions of love for the believer. Listen. To remove any hindrance, obstacle, rebellion, or, or, or offense between you and Him. God will shake your life to get to that thing. The exposure of that thing. Whether it's a, a rebellious sin or a lukewarmness or a prayerlessness. He wants to get to that thing. That thing. It's like things will fall off the limbs and there will be that one thing left and you can narrow in on it. Purest expression of love. One of the purest expressions of God's love is the shaking of your life. To disconnect you from this world. Its value systems. To free you from every bondage, deception, delusion, and stronghold. To shake you down to the basics of life. Am I born from above? Am I free? If I'm free, then why am I bound? Do I have peace? If I have the Prince of Peace, why don't I have peace? Why don't I have joy unspeakable and full of glory? When He shakes your life, He causes you to deal with those things that you just push off to the side. The core issues of who we are. This shaking is to lighten your load. Listen. To get rid of the unnecessary. And that which has served its purpose. And it's time to move on. There's a day coming if Jesus tarries when my little girls go off to school or marry some evil guy. All boys are evil, baby. Every one of them. Your daddy was evil. And then Jesus saved him. Those days are coming. Made me forget my, my place. So. And they're growing at such a rate, they're outgrowing certain things. It's just not, we're not doing Paw Patrol no more or Bubble Guppies. I watched every episode of Bubble Guppies. Every one. Y'all know Mr. Grouper? Okay. Some of y'all don't know him. Oh, I know him well. I know him well. It's like the college kid. He comes from high school and he's so happy about his letter jersey. You know, his, his letter jacket and he goes to college and he wears it the first day. And I mean, it was it. He wore it every day of his senior year. And he gets to college and he goes, oh, this don't work no more. I just feel like God is taking these things that mean so much to me. It's like my senior year of high school. He said, yeah, but where I'm taking you, that jacket don't work no more. This next phase of life isn't just about home and family. You are getting ready to meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this is important and it's precious and it's good, but it's not the thing. And he wants to develop within us a priority system that yields, that bows its knee, that the Father in me bows its knee to the Son in me. You see, like to you, Lord, my position in you. Why are you trying to hold on to the things God's trying to get you to grow up from? Everybody don't have to like you on Facebook. Approval addiction. Get free of that stuff. No believer ought to be bound to anything except the Spirit of Christ. 
free. If he says free, then free indeed. Well, the Lord, you know, he, he's trying to help me. How you doing with that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling a little bit. That means I'm still doing it. How much shaking do you have to have? To simplify your life. Almost done. The shaking is to get you to a simple life. To give you a slower pace. Less stress. Simple joys and peace of mind and heart. Do you know what happens after seasons of great shaking in your life? There's mess everywhere. The magnolia tree has shed its leaves. Big ones, ugly ones, brown ones, pointed ones, sharp ones. And you got to rake and rake and rake. And once you get it up, life is simple. What is going on? Well, he's shaking all this stuff off that's unnecessary so you can get back to just being his. Now, from that, yeah, I still got to be a daddy. I still got to be a husband. But life's so much simpler when I'm not trying to be everything to everybody every time. You're overcommitted. How do you know? Well, you're shaking for one thing. This shaking is to bring you back to the truest, most basic form of you. God's child. Would you stand with me this morning? Bible says in verse 28, y'all stay with me, we're almost done. Since we have received a kingdom, since we are receiving a kingdom, and since we shall receive a kingdom that is firm and stable and cannot be shaken, that thing under your fifth rib, that possession, that life of God, that sonship, that position in Him cannot be shaken. You should continue offering to God pleasing service and acceptable worship in awe of him the final shaking is simply the precursor to the final kingdom remember this phrase the final shaking is simply a precursor to the final kingdom when you see the final shaking in your life and you see it in the news don't worry about the things falling away where you're going, you won't need them. You receive that in your heart? The emphasis to the carnal Christian is what is lost in the shaking. But to the mature believer, the emphasis is, look at what remains. Unshakable. Unmovable. You don't know how secure you are. If the world explodes in chaos... You are kept by the power of God through faith. No worries. Can someone say amen this morning? Pastor Chris, would you come? Amen. Let us close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, mighty King, Lord of Lords, thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for this message. And thank you for a pastor that isn't afraid to share it. Oh God, I ask that our eyes be open. Let our ears hear. Let our heart be acceptive. And Lord God, I pray 
that we learn quickly. Lord God, that just like the three-step ladder, that we, we're pre-moving things like that need to be moved in our lives, Lord God, so that we can be ready for you. Lord God, we love you. We thank you and we praise you for who you are. Thank you in advance for helping us be where we need to be. Now let us go and let us grow in you and be ready for the shaking. Oh God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day.